Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. Today we have, for the third time visiting here in America, Roman Grinishin of the World to Rebuild Ukraine organization. Much of Ukraine is devastated and hurting from the brutal war and the invasion by Russia that began on February 24th, 2022. This has affected all strata of society, not the least family farmers. Ukraine is an incredibly rich land agriculturally and in other ways. 600 million people rely on food produced in Ukraine, many by family farmers. And the Russian invasion has destroyed homes, farm equipment, and has mined the fields. But we're very grateful to have Roman. Welcome to the Cubic Report. Hello, everyone. Thank you again. And uh, uh, not only for the possibility to speak out uh, to the people, but also thank you, dear Americans and the government of the United States of America for all the support, military, financial, and uh, and spiritual, uh, because we are brothers here in this fight anti-terrorism, uh, because without all this support, we wouldn't be there. Even me and my family most likely wouldn't be alive. So greatly, indeed, thank you for everything. And I just wanted to also mention that the way I have come into contact with Roman Grinishin, Grinishin in Ukrainian, is through Neil Kinsey who many of you know, he is an elder in the United Church of God who works also with agriculture around the world. And he told me, you must meet Roman Renishin. <laughs> but we are just very, very happy to make this acquaintance and have this friendship. Indeed, this is mutual. And uh, Neil is very kind and uh, uh, he has huge heart, as we say in Ukraine. And by the way, the reason why I'm here right now is uh, at most thanks to Neil, because we have organized the tour which is meant to, uh, first of all, allow the agricultural producers uh, collect the information on uh, soil balancing so that the production of agricultural crops in Ukraine would be more economy-oriented. Uh, uh, and by saying economy, it's not the world economy, but Ukrainian economy. Just for you to understand, the crops are being sold uh, in Ukraine, half price because of the war. And the farmers must meet this challenge uh, in order to have some profit for their families. So this is what we are trying to help them on this tour. Okay. And also you might want to tell us about your partner traveling here. Now, Roman is from Kiev, and his wife and three children are still back at home in Kiev. And Ukraine is under constant threat from attacks, missiles, bombing that comes from, from Russia. So this is certainly very unnerving and difficult for them. But he's brought with him a journalist from the magazine, the premier agricultural magazine in Ukraine called Zerno, which means grain. It's an agricultural magazine, and the name of the journalist is Igor Samoylenko. Igor Samoylenko. And he will be talking to us as well. He speaks no English, but he, Roman will, he will relate a story from him. So go ahead, Roman. Yes, uh, the, the group that I brought with me this time uh, included uh, 20 of us, and one of them is Igor. He is helping uh, to collect this information. And then for those who were not able to travel uh, to the 30% of Ukrainian la uh, land operators, uh, this, these are the family farms, 
they will not be able to cover the cost of this travel, although the, the tour is partially charitable. So we decided to publish this information afterwards, uh, it, it being very vital for them, for their business survival and making it available. And Neil Kinsey is the key host for this tour because the technology he is um, uh, teaching uh, is the one that Ukraine so much needs right now. Speaking of the situation in Ukraine, indeed, every morning here, which is afternoon in Kyiv, I wake up and look through the news. And for example, today, uh, the report said that Kherson Oblast, one of the most agricultural oblasts that is split half by Dnieper River, and thus uh, part of it is occupied, the other part is liberated. So the liberated part of it got over 80 air bombs targeted uh, towards the uh, civilians this day, just over the last day. Again, a lot of people are wounded and a lot of uh, infrastructure, buildings, houses are damaged. So just for you to understand, although we are not hearing and seeing all these news on the front pages of all our media, the situation has not changed much since March 2022. And I might just comment here is that what has overshadowed all this is the war in Israel. That attack, all the world's media and all the world's attention is on what's happening in the Middle East, which is certainly a tragedy and something that has taken over the news. But that has not lessened, has not lessened at all the suffering that is taking place in Ukraine. And one thing that we want to accomplish is to notify and let people know what's happening and have Roman give us an update. Today is November 6th, 2023, and this gives you context to timeline of where we're at. Go ahead, Roman. Yes, and uh, I personally, as well as most of you Ukrainians, do not have any doubt that this is a matter of the same uh, chain of terrorists uh, happening in Israel, and uh, uh, they are about to start something also, at least they are saying that they are about to start something in Korea and other hot locations. So uh, we understand that uh, uh, there you shouldn't be a detective to see the same handwriting of the atrocities happen, which happened in Bucha and in this uh, festival uh, in Israel on the 7th of October, it seems to me. So uh, to our mind, this is just the uh, attempt of distraction uh, of the developed democratic countries from uh, protection of what is right and it proves that what we are doing is not only right but it becomes more and more vital because all these terrorist uh, groups because I cannot ca call them countries for example Russia from the law standpoint of view right now uh, doesn't even have the borders they have changed their constitution their terrorist rulers have changed their constitution so many times that now you don't know where their border on the west lies as well as the north korea afghanistan iran uh, and uh, and other smaller points so uh, my message uh, to everyone is what we see firsthand we do not read it from the papers we see these atrocities in Ukraine. My brother, 
uh, is a military cousin actually and he told that to me i have videos of what russians did to ukraine the same things are happening in uh, were happening in israel and 240 it seems to me hostages are still mm-hmm. yeah uh, not found so nobody knows what's happening there and we have seen the torture chambers in every town in ukraine that was liberated so uh, just for you to understand, if you remember the Busha, Irpin, uh, and Izum terror, uh, the results of its terror, you should remember, as well as everyone should remember, that these things are happening right now with uh, the same uh, aggression and the same purpose in a number of towns in Ukraine, and is, uh, it was happening in Israel, and it can grow the geography of it can grow unless unless it is stopped so ukrainians we are uh, giving our lives to stop this terror and all the western world uh, are financing and trying their best i'm going through all these pictures and cannot find a word how to stress the importance of what we all are doing right now Mm -hmm. i know that uh, we are all very very anxious about the future we're hopeful we're hopeful about ukraine reaching some type of peace. Uh, I have friends in uh, Ukraine in, in different cities, and they tell me about, well, we had two more funerals of soldiers today. We had another one. But in Chernihiv, where I have very good friends, they said we had nine funerals. This was last week. Nine funerals of, of soldiers. So there's just a lot more death. And how long will this continue? Uh, Roman, from your standpoint, as one living in Ukraine, in Kiev, in the capital, what is what is the mindset of the people? What is your mindset? To fight till the end, whichever it is. The end of war, the end of terrorism, or the end of our lives. Because we have no choice. In Ukraine, people, those, and that was much, much less than you can imagine, who simply didn't care, they have left at the beginning. But majority of those have returned and are returning, and they are... Uh, intention is to fight till the end because we all understand this is not the Ukraine is not the limit there are other countries around Russia and other countries in the other locations that will suffer if we do not show that the dominance of law is the only uh, uh, thing that will be over the rest of the uh, terrorism and the rest of the um, structures so law must dominate the developed 21st century world has no other choice but to comply with the law and uh, to punish those who have done bad things so i also wanted to pay attention that media always are looking for some sensations Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, the sensations are pulled from the minorities, like uh, those who are not very fair in... uh, I'm hinting here at corruption. Unfortunately, corruption is everywhere. Mm, There is not a country without a certain level of corruption or uh, murder, or there are those who worship devil, there are those who rape uh, women. That's everywhere. Unfortunately, but this is it. We we know uh, how to deal with it. But if you keep hearing about it every day, it creates a fake uh, 
sticky picture as if more uh, as if this is the um, uh, like majority of people doing in Ukraine. Anyway, what I'm hinting at that 99% of Ukrainians support the uh, Western countries' initiative in fighting this uh, in this war. We are not uh, going to uh, live with the uh, bribes and with the corruption that is coming from Russia. Yes, I mean it, because we've inherited that from Soviet Union. And all our re uh, revolutions, all our uh, re rebels, so to say, uh, we have been fighting with this uh, bad side of our life. And we've reached quite a lot of success. I must say that comparing my life in the 90s and right now, we are much more uh, civilized than even Russia is right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, the fact that uh, you might hear some news about corruption. It is such a minority as uh, in any, any other country, but it never would overwhelm the fight for the lives of the civilians. In other words, does the fact that there is point some percent of corruption in the country prove or approve the atrocities done by Russians to the civilians. Because unless we are supported financially, we will not be existing tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Financially and military. So th this is the reality, and not only us. I know it's, uh, it's very, very tough on the American psyche as well, because Americans want to support Ukraine. But there are calls saying is that where is the money going? Is it all for the war effort? The same calls from yeah. Ukrainian yeah. people. Yeah. And uh, once we see that there is money spent that could have been redirected for the more important purpose, we go to the streets, we strike, and right now we see the result. For example, there was in the peaceful life a very noble thing going on, the repairs of the roads. But now people came and said, no more repairs of the roads. We'll drive the roads like they are right now, by the drones. Now I see uh, the publications that the local governments are redirecting, redirecting the budgets towards purchasing of the drones and uh, a military, a military ammunition instead of uh, any uh, infrastructural uh, repair repairments in in the cities. Mm -hmm. So the people in Ukraine rule, and what we say, this is what's happening. I'm sure that unless the people, we would not have stood through the 2022 in spring. Because even the government of Ukraine and the governments of other countries did not expect us to stand. The people stood, thus the country stood, thus the whole Western world is standing. Let's keep it that way until we win. I, you're talking about how you will fight to the death. Would Ukraine consider a ceasefire with the borders staying where they were in 2014? Or will this be a fight to regain everything that Ukraine had before the 2014 invasion? Uh, the answer to this question is very clear. 1991 is the border that was admitted 
and uh, acknowledged by all the rest of the world. Every country has history of exchanging lands with their neighbors. But there was some point after the World War II, and for Ukraine it was after the collapse of Soviet Union, when everybody acknowledged our borders. We are a sovereign country, uh, fully legislative uh, and um, geographically uh, described. So we, we have our borders, we have the law, and we have our currency, we have the constitution. This is what matters right now. If we deviate from this law, from what was approved by the law, it is a very strict sign to other terrorists that law is secondary, mm -hmm. force is priority, which is wrong. Always there is a law. The constitutions of the governments, uh, of all the Western governments, have as the basis the law of the God in this or that manner, but this is always so. This is what it comes from. <clears throat> That's why it cannot be wrong. Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell us more about Ihor Samoylenko. I, I would like to hear more about his, you, you talked about how mm -hmm. he is covering this trip. Uh, what will he talk about in, in his uh, publications? What is he covering? Uh, me too, and I must say this is the first time uh, we did this. But I see it as a very important step in order to help Ukrainians. Uh, Ihor has been traveling with me since October 18, when we crossed the border with Ukraine. He has seen a number of farms, small family farms, bigger farms, producing animals, uh, animal crop, animal products, uh, and uh, uh, the crops uh, in Ukraine, in Germany, uh, sorry, in the United States, in Germany, and we've traveled through Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, Iowa, uh, Missouri, and now we are here in mm -hmm. Indiana. So Ihor has collected a lot of information to share, and I will be helping him to put out the stresses to the most important. But uh, he also has uh, played a very important role in our mission to spread the word about what was happening in Ukraine mm -hmm. and what has been happening in Ukraine. He is from Chernihiv Oblast. His parents are from Chernihiv Oblast. That's wonderful. Chernihiv is one of my favorite cities in Ukraine. Indeed. Yeah. It is a beautiful city and uh, worth of uh, visiting once uh, uh, the peace comes to the country. So I just would like Ihor to share his story yes. of the beginning of the war and how he was rescuing his family, uh, women from the family, mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in the first days of the war. So what we'll have here is that we'll have Ihor speak, but he speaks no English, and Roman will be translating for him. So uh, Ihor has quite a story to tell about uh, what happened at the beginning of the war and how it affected his family. Hello everyone, good friends. Being a journalist, I have a couple of thousands, uh, maybe even dozens of thousands of words that I can use, but I never thought I would need to use the word war in my publications in my life. You can keep on watching a lot of Hollywood movies with the heroes saving the world, fighting the bad guys, but if you are a civilian, you will never be enough prepared for the war coming into, knocking in your door. 
як і в 1941 році, коли була Друга світова війна. Just like in the beginning of the previous wars like World War II when the rockets were flying towards our territory in uh, February 24, 2022 Я проживаю в Києві зі своєю сім'єю, а моя старенька мама за 100 км від Києва. I live with the family uh, in Kyiv, but my old uh, mother lives 100 km, which is about 60 miles to the north from Kyiv in Chernihiv oblast. Моя рідна сестра і її сім'я знаходились і жили теж в Чернігівській області. My sister also lives in Chernihiv oblast and when the full-scale invasion started, we uh, my mother was uh, in the hospital in Chernihiv city. Uh, her leg was broken, so uh, I understood that uh, I need to take them uh, all away from this direction because Chernihiv Oblast is bordering Belarus and Russia, which would be the priority uh, direction uh, the troops, Russian troops, would be coming. So having picked up uh, my mother and my sister with her family, we all uh, moved to the what we considered would be a safe place, a house, uh, right in between Chernihiv and Kyiv Oblast. We settled there to wait through the most dangerous times. Uh, my uh, sisters, uh, my nephew and uh, her husband and other men in the family, they went to fight to defend Chernihiv and Kyiv, but uh, me being uh, the oldest, I'm 64 years, I was hoping to wait over uh, the couple of days and when it becomes safer to take the women uh, more to the west. So I was uh, in charge of the uh, rescue mission for our women. But unfortunately, uh, uh, it, do- it didn't happen the way we were hoping to because uh, for the security reasons, the bridges were torn down by Ukrainian side and thus there was no way we could move towards the west. Uh, thus we decided we had no choice but to stay in this occupation, in the occupied territory for 33 days. Our small town is a bit away from the main uh, route towards Kyiv, so we are a, in a part uh, lucky because thousands of Russian un- units of Russian military equipment were passing through the neighbor parallel street to us. So, but this was still very terrifying. We uh, have been hearing the, the missiles flying over us, the artillery uh, bullets and uh, the, the air uh, military equipment also in the air. So not knowing what is happening, it was a very big pressure towards our psychological uh, our psychology after the in the afternoons uh, when it was getting towards darkness we uh, hid uh, we put blankets over the windows uh, in order for the light not to be uh, coming out and uh, in order and, and we were looking for food because all the stores all the infrastructure uh, stopped working uh, these days 
And uh, the uh, neighboring villages named Stary Bykiv, like no. Old Bykiv, uh, New Bykiv, uh, New Basan and Old Basan, uh, they were right on the route of Russians and they decided, Russians, they decided to stop there. So uh, for you to understand, over 1,700 up to 1,800 of units of military equipment stopped there in search for some food and, and other fun uh, that they could have found in those villages. So th those villages are, were, were much less lucky than the, the one where we were staying. So, and when this new reality came into those villages, naive young children or teenagers uh, took their uh, cameras, their cell phones, and started to take pictures. Six of them were shot to death at once with no warning. Uh, this is when all these atrocities started to happen in the smaller villages. Atrocities like in Bucha, Irpin, we have not heard about them. And uh, on my side, I would like to add that everybody in Ukraine, even me, though I never spoke Russian, we treated Russians as our, not maybe brothers, but uh, yeah, most of Ukrainians probably treated them as brothers. So we would never think something like that can happen done by hands of Russians. Uh, they were taking all the people uh, from the houses that they liked, uh, just throwing them out to the streets settling in these houses overnight or a couple of nights and uh, then uh, loading everything they liked up to the spoons so the elect electrical appliances everything to their trucks and looting everything they could from those houses uh, but what they could not pick up like for example the cars uh, that they, uh, they were standing outside, they simply destroyed, they burned, they uh, ruined with axes, uh, shoot into those things uh, for these things not to be used by Ukrainians. How, how far was this from the city of Chernihiv? Uh, Chernihiv was surrounded by equipment back then, and by Russian equipment, military equipment, but they did not enter the city. The uh, location where Ihor was, uh, was 90 kilometers, which is about 50 miles, maybe 45 miles away from uh, uh, Chernihiv. And that was south to Kiev, towards Kiev? Yes, south towards Kiev, just in the <coughs> middle between Kiev and Chernihiv. Mm -hmm. We all uh, uh, have read the classic literature of Dostoevsky, or uh, we've been crying over the novel uh, Anna Karenina, and we all uh, believed uh, into the um, Russian spirit or Russian soul, and uh, we could not think it could have happened. So Dostoevsky said uh, that in uh, the truth that uh, creates a teardrop of a child is not worth anything. But what we saw after the demolishing of the 
dam, uh, the uh, Kakhovska dam by Russian terrorists. Uh, people were rescuing everyone uh, who co they could rescue. The soldiers uh, were pulling out the animals from this water uh, capture and uh, the dog rescued by one of the soldiers uh, simply put its paws around the legs, the feet of the soldier and was crying. So these tears mean much more than tears of all the, all the fake tears of Russian nation uh, over what's happening right now. В сусідньому селі понад 200 осіб росіяни зігнали в підвал школи і закрили. Over 200 of uh, locals in these villages, in one of these four villages in Chernihiv Oblast, were taken to the basement by Russians, a small uh, room with no water, no air, no heat, no light, no possibility to go to the toilet, and kept them for a month there. Fifteen of them died in such conditions. Uh, while traveling here, we, with Roman, my friend, we have uh, all every day been waking up and checking the phone news uh, in order to, in hope not to see uh, the locations or the addresses uh, so close, to, uh, so, uh, so warm to us among those where the Russian missiles, shaheds and uh, uh, air bombs uh, have uh, landed uh, today over the night. Uh, this just speaks for the uncertainty, the uncertainty of our life. We do not know what is awaiting for us tomorrow. Just uh, one more number that I would like to share. Uh, in the areas, in the fields in Ukraine, which uh, have not been occupied, the uh, missiles, the air bombs and all this military garbage that has been sent towards our land and still is staying in uh, Ukrainian soils, it is needed over six, uh, 750 years to clean the land, the soil from all that military garbage. We are very grateful to the American people and to the American government for all the aid we have received uh, as the country uh, since the beginning of this full-scale invasion. This war can be won only with the high-tech technologies present in your country. And we hope that this aid is not going to be terminated or dropped to the minimum. Um, on the other hand, we perfectly understand that our aid is paused due to the not less important war, tragic, not less tragic war happening in Israel right now. And uh, our friends, Americans, American citizens, uh, you clearly understand what is black, what is uh, white in the spiritual meaning and what is good, what is bad. So right now we are both fighting on the white, on the light side of the uh, things uh, against the uh, dark darkness unfortunately there is not any road that doesn't have potholes and our road is very uh, difficult to go through but we are tackling it we are overcoming the difficulties 
and uh, the road that we have chosen is towards the West because we want to be among the developed democratic countries of the of the West. And uh, after this victory, we will be paying you visits with new and new groups of uh, agricultural producers and inviting you to their farms in Ukraine uh, as well. Thank you so much for this presentation. This has been so, so, so heartwarming to hear it from the people who are in the middle of it right now with the future still uncertain, although we are very hopeful that it will be a good one. We, we do know from Bible prophecy that the kingdom of God is coming, and we are looking to that. We are looking to the time of total redemption. However, I know that it's very difficult for you. The people in America are praying for the people in, in Ukraine. We, are, we know that it's difficult. It's very, very painful for us who are Ukrainian in our origins, you know, for the way that we are feeling about our families. I have had family members who have been killed, uh, other individuals, even from the rehabilitation center that we work with in Chernihiv, who have been killed by mortar shells. And so we are very, very concerned. You're very much in our thoughts, and we have not forgotten you and are helping indeed. You know, many people have helped out. And you mentioned the cities of Kherson, you know, we have sent delegations of volunteers from LifeNets, from Western Ukraine, from Khust, from the, the areas in Zakarpatia, who have driven a van full of things, especially for older people, you know, in villages where they are forgotten. They're just basically left, left there. So our people are doing various things. A lot of aid is coming in to Ukraine. A lot of military aid is coming in. Of course, it's a very, very, very evil world. You said that we're fighting a battle of light and dark, white and black. So, Roman, I appreciate very much your bringing Ihor Samoylenko here from Zerno, from the Grain Magazine in Ukraine, and for telling us his story about his family from the area between Kiev and Chernihiv. So, Roman, do you have anything else that you would like to tell us? Yes, definitely. I would like to report on what was uh, done, and this report has also a spiritual part in it. Uh, we successfully helped out one of the families in Kherson Oblast, and um, this is one of the examples how Ukrainians uh, put the priorities. Uh, we proposed to them to uh, build some uh, smaller than they had house uh, for them to be able to live through the winter. But uh, the lady said, uh, please help us uh, continue production and uh, uh, we'd rather have the uh, truck to be able to hold the uh, agricultural commodities and the construction materials, we'll do it ourselves but we need just the instrument. So what we did, we purchased a truck uh, for them, and as the thank you, she presented us with a few Ukrainian embroidered T-shirts. As it turned out, before the occupation Kherson Oblast, uh, of Kherson Oblast uh, and her city, she uh, used to own the small uh, store of Ukrainian traditional uh, items, including the clothes, embroidered clothes, and the uh, painted uh, 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 plates. And of course, when the Russians came, it being the symbol of Ukraine, they have destroyed majority of that. And these five, five shirts uh, have been successfully hidden by her, were successfully hidden by her 
from Russians, uh, and uh, when uh, she received that truck, she said, I never thought good things can be made so easily. So here you go with these shirts, and on our tour, we've been passing them to uh, the hosts that we visited to not only present something from Ukraine and bring up their culture, uh, uh, cultural initiative, but also as a symbol of the uh, Ukrainian strengths and uh, um, survivability, uh, so that uh, uh, you as Americans, our closest peers in this fight, would share the same uh, strong uh, hearts in fight for the freedom. So this this is one of those uh, heartwarming stories that actually I don't need, I wouldn't wish more uh, in terms for what I, we are doing in Ukraine than these, 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 these words of the people who we have helped. And she is the eighth aid recipient uh, for who we have succeeded to do something really important in their survival. And we will try to post some of these stories on our LifeNet's website. We can put them together and you can see some of the work that's been done. We really appreciate Roman and his team and what he calls the ambassadors. <laughs> that's kind mm -hmm. of his board of directors <laughs> or the ambassadors. Uh, he has quite a bit of information, but go to WRRU.org for more information about the work, the wonderful work that Roman is doing. So we want to thank him and also for bringing Ihor here. And it's interesting that uh, Ihor was the name of my father, so I feel very, very uh, happy to connected, c connected in, in that way. And we're all wearing Ukrainian shirts that you'll see on the picture here with this podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, and God bless you. All the best to you and your families. Thank you. All the best to you. See you. Thank you for listening to us today on The Cubic Report. We welcome you to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and many other platforms. You can easily find us at any browser address box by typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. Remember, Cubic is spelled K-U-B-I-K. We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. That's V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more. <laughs>